story nine of romance of california life by john haberton this librivox recording is in the public domain story nine buffle how he came by his name no one could tell in the early days of the gold fever there came to california a great many men who did not volunteer their names and as those about them had been equally reticent on their own advent they asked few questions of newcomers the hotels of the mining regions never kept registers for the accommodation of guests they were considered well-appointed hotels if they kept watertight roofs and well-stocked bars newcomers were usually designated at first by some peculiarity of physiognomy or dress and were known by such names as broken nose pink shirt crossbars gone ears and etc if afterward any man developed some peculiarity of character an observing and original miner would coin and apply a new name which would afterward be accepted as irrevocably as a name conferred by the holy rite of baptism no one wondered that buffle never divulged his real name or talked of his past life for in the mines he had such an unhappy faculty of winning at cards getting new horses without visible bills of sale taking drinks beyond ordinary power of computation stabbing and shooting that it was only reasonable to suppose that he had acquired these abilities at the sacrifice of the peace of some other community he was not vicious even a strict theologian could hardly have accused him of malice yet wherever he went he was promptly acknowledged chief of that peculiar class which renders law and sheriffs necessary evils he was not exactly a beauty miners seldom are yet a connoisseur in manliness could have justly wished there were a dash of the buffle blood in the well-regulated veins of many irreproachable characters in quieter neighbourhoods than fat pocket gulch where the scene of this story was located he was tall active prompt and generous and only those who have these qualities superadded to their own virtues are worthy to throw stones at his memory he was brave too his bravery had been frequently recorded in lead in the mining regions and such records were transmitted from place to place with an alacrity which put official zeal to the deepest blush at the fashionable hour of two o'clock at night mr buffle was entertaining some friends at his residence or to use the language of the mines there was a game up at buffle's in a shanty of the composite order of architecture it having a foundation of stone succeeded by logs a gable of coffin misfits and cracker boxes and a roof of bark and canvas buffle and three other miners were playing old sledge the table was an empty pork barrel the seats were respectively a block of wood a stone and a raisin box with a well-stuffed knapsack for the tallest man on one side of the shanty was a low platform of hewn logs which constituted the proprietor's couch when he slept on another was the door on the third were confusedly piled buffle's culinary utensils and on the fourth was a fireplace whose defective draught had been the agent of the fine frescoing of soot perceptible on the ceiling a single candle hung on a wire over the barrel and afforded light auxiliary to that thrown out by the fireplace the game had been going largely in buffle's favour as was usually the case 
when one of the opposition injudiciously placed an ace which was clearly from another pack of cards inasmuch as buffle who had dealt had the rightful ace in his own hand as it was the ace of trumps buffle's indignation arose and so did his person and pistol hang yer said he savagely you don't come to that game on me i've got that ace myself an ordinary man would have drawn pistol also but buffle's antagonist knew his only safety lay in keeping quiet so he only stared vacantly at the muzzle of the revolver that was so precisely aimed at his own head the two other players had risen to their feet and were mentally composing epitaphs for the victim when there was heard a decided knock on the door come in roared buffle's partner who was naturally the least excited of the four come in hangar if your life's insured the door opened slowly and a woman entered now while there were but few women in the camp the sight of a single woman was not at all unusual yet as she raised her veil buffle's revolver fell from his hands and the other players laid down their cards the partner of the guilty man being so overcome as to lay down his hand face upward then they all stared but not one of them spoke they wanted to but none knew how to do it it was not usually difficult for any of them to address such specimens of the gentler sex as found their way to fat pocket gulch but they all understood at once that this was a different sort of woman they looked reprovingly and beseechingly at each other but the woman at last broke the silence by saying i am sorry to disturb you gentlemen but i was told i could probably find mr buffle here here he is ma'am and yours truly said buffle removing his hat he could afford to she was not beautiful but she seemed to be in trouble and a troubled woman can command to the death even worse men than free and easy miners she had a refined pure face out of which two great brown eyes looked so tenderly and anxiously that these men forgot themselves at once she seemed young not more than twenty-three or four she was slightly built and dressed in a suit of plain black mr buffle said she i was going through by stage to san francisco when i overheard the driver say to a man seated by him that you knew more miners than any man in california that you had been through the whole mining country well mum said buffle with a delighted but sheepish look which would have become a missionary complimented on the number of converts he had made i have been around a good deal that's a fact i reckon i stake to claim pretty much ever war in the diggings so i inferred from what the driver said she replied and i came down here to ask you a question here she looked uneasily at the other players the man who stole the ace translated it at once and said we'll get out if you say so mum but you needn't be afraid to say anything before us we know a lady when we see her and maybe some of us can give yer a lift if we can't i've only got to say that if yer let out any secrets grizzlies couldn't tear em out of any man in this crowd eh fellers you bet was the firm response of the remaining two and buffle quickly passed a demijohn to the ace thief as a sign of forgiveness and approbation thank you gentlemen god bless you said the woman earnestly my story is soon told 
i am looking for my husband and i must find him his name is alan baron buffle gazed thoughtfully in the fire and remarked names ain't much good in this country mum no man carries visitin cards and mighty few gets letters besides lots come here cause they're wanted elsewhere and they take names that ain't much like what their mothers give em maybe you could tell us something else to put us on the trail of him has he got both of his eyes and ears mum inquired one of the men of course he has you fool replied buffle savagely the lady's husband's a gentleman and tain't likely he's been chawed or gouged i asked parding mum said the offender in the most abject manner well he is of medium height slightly built has brown hair and eyes and wears a plain gold ring on the third finger of his left hand continued mrs baron got all his front teeth mum asked the man buffle had rebuked then he turned quickly to buffle who was frowning suspiciously and said appeasingly you know buffle that bein a gentleman don't keep a feller from losin his teeth in the natural course of things he had all his front teeth a few months ago replied mrs baron i do not know how to describe him further he had no scars moles or other peculiarities which might identify him except she continued with a slight blush a wife's blush which strongly tempted buffle to kneel and kiss the ground she stood on except a locket i once gave him with my portrait and which he always wore over his heart i can't believe he would take it off said she with a sob that was followed by a flood of tears the men twisted on their seats and showed every sign of uneasiness one stepped outside to cough another suddenly attacked the fire and poked it savagely buffle impolitely turned his back to the company while the fourth man lost himself in the contemplation of the king of spades which card ever afterward showed in its centre a blotch which seemed the result of a drop of water finally buffle broke the silence by saying i give my last ounce and my shooting iron besides mum if i could put you on his trail but i can't remember no such man can you fellows three melancholy nods replied in the negative i am very much obliged to you gentlemen said mrs baron i will go back to the crossing and take the next stage perhaps mr buffle if i send you my address when i reach san francisco you will let me know if you ever find any traces of him depend upon all of us for that mum replied buffle thank you said she and departed as suddenly as she had entered leaving the men staring stupidly at each other wonder how she got here from the crossin finally remarked one if she came alone she's got a black ride back said another at nine to fourteen miles to that crossin and she aren't to be travelin at all said little muggy the smallest man of the party i'm a family man or i was once and i tell you she ought to be where she can keep quiet and wait for what's comin soon the men glanced at each other significantly but without any of the levity which usually follows such an announcement in more cultured circles this game's up boys said buffle rising suddenly the stage don't reach the cross until noon and she's going to have this shanty to stay in till daylight anyhow you fellows had better get right away saying which buffle hurried out to look for mrs baron he soon overtook her and awkwardly said mum she stopped you don't need to start till after daylight to reach that stage mum and you better come back and rest yourself in my shanty till morning i'm very much obliged sir she replied but 
don't be afeard mum said buffle hastily we're rough but a lady's as safe here as she be among her family you'll have the cabin all to yourself and i'll leave a revolver with you to make you feel better you are very kind sir but it will take me some time to get back horse lame perhaps no sir the truth is i walked good god ejaculated buffle i'll kill any scoundrel of a station agent that let a woman take such a walk as this i'll take you back on a good horse before noon to-morrow and i'll put a hole through that rascal right before your eyes mum mrs Barron shuddered at sight of which buffle mentally consigned his eyes to a locality boasting a superheated atmosphere for talking so roughly to a lady don't harm him mr buffle said she he knew nothing about it i asked him the road to fat pocket gulch and he pointed it out he did not know but what i had a horse or a carriage unfortunately the stage was robbed the day before yesterday and all my money was taken or i should not have walked here i assure you my passage is paid to san francisco and the driver told me that if i wished to come down here the next stage would take me through to san francisco when i got there i can soon obtain money from the east madam said buffle unconsciously taking off his hat any lady that'll make that walk by dark is clear gold all the way down to bedrock if your husband's in california i'll find him for you in spite of man or devil i will and i'll be on the trail in half an hour and you'd better stay here till i come back or send your word i don't want to brag but there ain't a man in the gulch that'll dare molest anything round my shanty and as there's plenty of pervisions thar plain but good yer can't suffer the spring is close by and you'll always find firewood by the door and if you want help about anything ask the first man you see and say i told you to mrs Barron looked earnestly into his face for a moment and then trusted him mr buffle she said he is the best man that ever lived but we were both proud and we quarrelled and he left me in anger i accidentally heard he was in california through an acquaintance who saw him leave new york on the california steamer if you see him tell him i was wrong and that i will die if he does not come back tell him tell him that never mind mum said buffle leading her hastily toward the shanty and talking with unusual rapidity i'll bring him back all right if i find him and find him i will if he's on top of the ground they entered the cabin and buffle was rather astonished at the appearance of his own home the men were gone but on the bare logs where buffle usually reposed they had spread their coats neatly and covered them with a blanket which little muggy usually wore the cards had disappeared and in their place lay a very small fragment of looking-glass the demijohn stood in its accustomed place but against it leaned a large chip on which was scrawled in charcoal the word water good said buffle approvingly now mum keep up your heart i tell yer i'll fetch him and any man at the gulch can tell yer that lion ain't my gate buffle slammed the door called at two or three other shanties and gave orders in a style befitting a feudal lord and in ten minutes was on horseback galloping furiously out on the trail to green flat the green flatites wondered at finding the great man among them and treated him with the most painful civility 
as he neither hung about the saloon got up a game nor provoked a horse trade it was immediately surmised that he was looking for someone and each man searchingly questioned his trembling memory whether he had ever done buffle an injury all preserved a respectful silence as buffle walked from claim to claim carefully scrutinizing many and all breathed freer as they saw him and his horse disappear over the hill on the sonora trail at sonora he considered it wise to stay over sunday not to enjoy religious privileges but because on sunday sinners from all parts of the country round flocked into sonora to commune with the spirits infernal rather than celestial gathered there he made the tour of all the saloons dashed eagerly at two or three men with plain gold rings on left forefingers disgustedly found them the wrong men beyond doubt cursed them and invited them to drink then he closely catechized all the barkeepers who were the only reliable directories in that country they were anxious to oblige him but none could remember such a man so buffle took his horse and sought his man elsewhere meanwhile mrs barron remained in camp where she was cared for in a manner which called out her astonishment equally with her gratitude buffle was hardly well out of the gulch when mrs barron heard a knock at the door she opened it and a man handed her a frying-pan with the remark buffle is cracked and hastily disappeared in the morning she was awakened by a crash outside the door and on looking out discovered a quantity of firewood ready cut each morning thereafter found in the same place a fresh supply which was usually decorated with offerings of different degrees of appropriateness pieces of fresh meat strings of dried ditto blankets enough for a large hotel little packages of gold dust case knives and forks cans of salt butter and all sorts of provisions in quantity each man in camp fondly believed his own particular revolver was better than any other and as a natural consequence the camp became almost peaceful by reason of the number of pistols that were left in front of mrs barron's door but she carefully left them alone and when this was discovered the boys sorrowfully removed them then old griff living up the gulch with a horrible bulldog for companion brought his darling animal down late one dark night and tied him near the lady's residence where he discoursed sweet sounds for two hours until to mrs barron's delight he broke his chain and returned to his old home then sandy top the ace thief suddenly left camp many were the surmises and bets on the subject and on the third day when two men one of whom believed he had gone to steal a mule and the other believed he had rolled into the creek while drunk were about to refer the whole matter to pistols they were surprised at seeing sandy top stagger into camp under a large unsightly bundle the next day mrs barron ate from crockery instead of tin and had a china washbowl and pitcher little muggy who sold out his claim the day after buffle left went to san francisco but reappeared in camp in a few days with a large bundle a handsaw and a plane some light was thrown on the contents of the bundle by sundry scraps of linen cotton and very soft flannel that the wind occasionally blew from the direction of mrs barron's abode but why muggy suddenly needed a very large window in the only boarded side of his house 
why he never staked another claim and went to washin why his door always had to be unlocked from the inside before anyone could get in instead of being ajar as was the usual custom with doors at fat pocket gulch why visitors always found the floor strewn with shavings and blocks but were told to mind their business if they asked what he was making and why upper crust an aristocratic young reprobate who had been a doctor in the states had suddenly taken up his abode with muggy were mysteries unsolvable by the united intellects of fat pocket gulch it was finally suggested by some one that as muggy had often and fluently cursed the rockers used to wash out dirt along the gulch it was likely enough he was inventing a new one and the ex-doctor who of course knew something about chemistry was helping him to work an amalgamator into it a careful comparison of bets showed this to be a fairly accepted opinion and so the matter rested meanwhile buffle had been untiring in his search as his horse could he have spoken would have testified men wondered what baron had done to buffle and odds of ten to one that some undertaker would soon have reason to bless buffle were freely offered but seldom taken one night buffle's horse galloped into deadlock ridge and the rider hailing the first man he met inquired the way to the saloon i don't know replied the man come no foolin thar said buffle indignantly i don't know i tell you i don't drink hang yer roared buffle in honest fury at what seemed to him the most stupendous lie ever told by a miner i'll teach her to lie to me and out came buffle's pistol the man saw his danger and springing at buffle with the agility of a cat snatched the pistol and threw it on the ground in an instant buffle's hand had firmly grasped the man by his shirt collar and the horse taking fright buffle a second later found in his hand a torn piece of red flannel a chain and a locket while the man lay on the ground at last exclaimed buffle convinced that he had found his man but his emotions were quickly cooled by the man on the road who jumping from the ground picked up buffle's pistol cocked and aimed it and spoke in a grating voice as if through set teeth give back that locket this second or as god lives i'll take it out of a dead man's hand the rapidity of human thought is never so beautifully illustrated as when the owner of a human mind is serving involuntarily as a target my friend said buffle if i've got anything of yourn yer can have it on proven property we'll go to whar that first light is up above i'll walk the horse slow and yer can keep me covered with the pistol ain't that fire be quick then said the man excitedly start the trip was not more than two minutes in length but it seemed a good hour to buffle whose acquaintanceship the delicacy of the trigger of his beloved pistol caused his past life to pass in retrospect before him several times before they reached the light the light proved to be in the saloon whose locality had provoked the quarrel the saloon was full the door was open and there was a buzz of astonishment which culminated in a volley of ejaculations in which strength predominated over elegance as a large man followed closely by a small man with a cocked pistol marched up to the bar gentlemen said buffle this feller says i've got some of his property and he's come here to prove it now feller what's your claim 
a chain and a locket said the man hang you i see them in your hand now anybody can see a chain and locket in my hand said buffle but that don't make it yourn the locket contains the portrait of a lady and the inscription francis to allen look quick or i'll shoot said the little man savagely buffle opened it and saw mrs barron's portrait mister you're right said he here's your property and i'll apologize or drink or fight or apologize and drink and fight whichever is your style first however if you'll drop that pistol i'll drink myself considerin uh, well never mind denominate your pison gentlemen said he as the audience crowded to the bar buffle whispered the barkeeper who knew the great man by sight he's a littler man than you i know it boss replied buffle most brazenly he says he don't drink never saw him here before there he's going out now said the barkeeper buffle turned and dashed through the crowd all who held glasses quickly laid them down and followed stand back the whole crowd of yours said buffle this ain't no fight me and the gentleman got private business and laying his hand on baron's shoulder he said what are you doing here when you know a lady like that sufferin hell for abusing heaven replied baron passionately then why don't you go back inquired buffle because i've got no money all luck has failed me ever since i left home shipwreck hunger poverty come back a minute interrupted buffle i forgot to come down with the dust for the drinks now i tell you what i want you to go back to my camp i've got plenty of gold and it's no good to me only for gambling and drinking you're welcome to enough of it to get yourself home and get on your feet when you get there baron looked doubtingly at him as they entered the saloon perhaps somebody here can tell this gentleman my name said buffle buffle said several voices in chorus bully now perhaps you same fellows can tell him if i'm a man of my word you bet responded the same chorus and now perhaps some of you'll sell me a good horse providing you don't want him stole mighty sudden several men invited attention to their respective animals tied near the door promptly selecting one paying for it and settling with the barkeeper and mounting his own horse while baron mounted the new one the two men galloped away leaving the bystanders lost in astonishment from which they only recovered after almost superhuman industry on the part of the barkeeper one evening when the daily labors and household cares of the fat pocket gulchites had ended the residents of that quiet village were congregated as usual at the saloon it was too early for gambling and fightin and the boys chatted peacefully pausing only a few times to drink here's her which had become the standard toast of the gulch conversation turned on muggy's invention and a few bets were exchanged which showed the boys were not quite sure it was a rocker after all suddenly sandy top who had been leaning against the door-frame and looking in the direction of buffle's old cabin ejaculated tis a rocker boys it's a rocker but not that kind the boys poured out the door and saw an unusual procession approaching mrs barron's cabin first came upper crust the young ex-doctor then an irish woman from a neighboring settlement and then muggy bearing a baby's cradle neatly made of pine boards the doctor and woman went in and muggy dropping the cradle ran at full speed to the saloon and up to the bar the crowd following 
muggy looked along the line saw all the glasses were filled and in hand and then raising his own exclaimed here's her boys and then went into a fully developed boo-hoo and he was not alone for once the boys watered their liquor and purer water god never made it was some moments before shirt-sleeves ceased to officiate as handkerchiefs but just as the boys commenced to look savagely at each other as if threatening cold lead if any one suspected undue tenderness sandy top who had returned to his post at the door to give ease to the stream which his sleeve could not staunch again startled the crowd by staring earnestly toward the hill over which led the trail and exclaiming good god there was another rush to the door and there galloping down the trail was buffle and another man the boys stared at each other but said nothing their gift of swearing was not equal to the occasion steadily they stared at the two men until buffle reining back a little pointed his pistol threateningly they took the hint and after they were all inside sandy top closed the door and the shutters of the unglazed windows thar's my shanty said buffle as they neared it from one side that one with two barrels for a chimney you just go right in i'll be there as soon as i put up the hosses as they reached the front both men started at the sight of the cradle why i didn't know you were a married man buffle said his companion i well i i don't tell everything stammered buffle and catching the bridle of baron's horse the moment his rider had dismounted buffle dashed off to the saloon and took numerous solitary drinks at which no one took offence then he turned nodded significantly toward the old shanty and asked how long since not quite yet you got him here in time buffle said muggy thank the lord said buffle his lips were very familiar with the name of the lord but they had never before used it in this sense then while several men were getting ready to ask buffle where he found his man californians never ask questions in a hurry there came from the direction of buffle's shanty the sound of a subdued cry gentlemen said the barkeeper there's no more drinking at this bar to-night until until i say so no one murmured no one swore no one suggested a game an old enemy of buffle's happened in but that worthy instead of feeling for his pistol quietly left the leaning post and bowed his enemy into it the boys stood and sat about studied the cracks in the floor the pattern of the shutters contemplated the insides of their hats and chewed tobacco as if their lives depended on it buffle made frequent trips to the door and looked out suddenly he closed the door and had barely time to whisper no noise now or i'll shoot when the doctor walked in the crowd arose it's all right gentlemen said the doctor as fine a boy as i ever saw my treat for the rest of the evening boys said the barkeeper hurriedly crowding glasses and bottles on the bar er him him junior buffle doc and old rocker shop as some happily inspired miner dubbed little muggy were drunk successively the door opened again and in walked allan baron glancing quickly about he soon distinguished buffle he grasped his hand looked at him steadily in the eye and exclaimed buffle you 
he was a harvard graduate and a fine talker was allan baron but when he had spoken two words he somehow forgot the remainder of the speech he had made up on his way over his silence for two or three seconds seemed of hours to every man who looked on his face so that it was a relief to all when he gave buffle a mighty hug and then precipitately retreated buffle looked sheepish and shook himself that feller can out-hug a grizzly said he boys he continued that chap's been buckin again luck since he's been in the diggins and is clean busted but his luck began to turn this evenin and here's what goes for keepin the ball a-rollin here's my ante saying which he laid his old hat on the bar took out his buckskin bag of gold dust and emptied it into the hat bags came out of pockets all around and were either entirely emptied or had their contents largely diminished by knife-blades which scooped out the precious dust and dropped it into the hat there said buffle looking into the hat i reckon that'll carry em back to their folks for a fortnight the saloon was as quiet as a well-ordered prayer-meeting and it was solemnly decided that no fight with pistols should take place nearer than the bend which was at least a mile from where the new residence cradle was located one pleasant quiet evening buffle who frequently passed an hour with baron on the latter's woodpile was seen approaching the saloon with a very small bundle which nevertheless occupied both his arms and all his attention it by thunder said one so it was a wee pink-faced blue-eyed fuzzy-topped little thing with one hand frantically clutching three hairs of buffle's beard see the little thing pull said one is that all the nose they have at first asked another seriously can't you take them pipes out of your mouths when a baby's around indignantly demanded another little muggy edged his way through the crowd threw away his quid of tobacco took the baby from buffle and kissed it a dozen times i'm going home fellers said muggy finally i'm wanted by the lawyers for cutting a man that sassed me while i was shoemaking but i'm a-going to see my young'uns even if all creation wants me and i'm a-going too said buffle i'm wanted pretty bad by some that's east but i reckon i'm well enough hid by the bar that's growed since i was a boy and dug out from old varmint i've had a new taste of decency lately and i'm going to see if i can't stand it for a steady diet that chap over to the shanty says he can get me something to do and anything's better'n gambling and drinking and fighting it's again the law to carry shootin' irons there buffle suggested one yes and they got a new kind of a law there to keep a man from takin' his bitters said another yes said buffle all that's mighty tough but if a feller's bound for bedrock he might as well get that all of a sudden if he can buffle started toward the door stopped as if he had something else to say started again hesitated feigned indignation at the baby flushed the least bit opened the door partly closed it again squeezed himself out and displaying only the tip of his nose roared this baby's name is allan buffle baron allan buffle baron and then rushed at full speed to leave the baby at home while the boys clinked glasses melodiously at the end of another fortnight there was a procession formed at fat pocket gulch two horses one wearing a side-saddle were brought to the door of buffle's old house and mrs baron and her husband mounted them 
they were soon joined by buffle and muggy for months after there was mourning far and wide among owners of mules and horses for each gulchite had been out stealing that he might ride with the escort which was to see the barons safely to the crossing an advance guard was sent ahead and the party were about to start when buffle suddenly dismounted and entered his old cabin when he reappeared a cloud of smoke followed him thar said he a moment later as flames were seen bursting through the roof no galoot of a miner don't live in that shanty after that git away galloped the party the baby in the arms of its father the crossing was safely reached and the stage had room for the whole party and after a hearty handshaking all around the stage started sandy top threw one of his only two shoes after it for luck as the stage was disappearing around a bend a little way from the crossing the back curtain was suddenly thrown up a baby backed by a white hat and yellow beard was seen and a familiar voice was heard to roar allan buffle baron end of story nine